When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Let's move to our feature guest of the day. Uh, We know at this time of year in any sport that there's there's movement, uh, there's a bit of a a merry-go-round of players and, and often too when it comes to coaches. Uh, when Dave Noble, who was a jam of footy uh, at the Brisbane Lions, took the job uh, as the North Melbourne head coach, it left a hole there that was fill, uh, which was filled by the Lions strategy coach, Danny Daly. So the Lions needed a new strategy coach and they've turned to a man who is regarded uh, as a stoppage guru. Uh, 15 years uh, he was involved with Fremantle, the Swans, the West Coast Eagles. Uh, he was a big reason uh, behind their midfield dominance in for the 2006 Premiership, working with the likes of Cousins, Kerr, Embley, Judd and Cox. Uh, he took the helm at, at Glenelg and he steered them to their first premiership since in 33 years. Uh, and he's now returning to the AFL fold as the Brisbane Lions' uh, new strategy coach, Mark Stone. Congratulations and uh, welcome to Time On and SEN. Oh, hello, Sam. Thanks for having me on, mate. It's nice to be with you. Uh, it's nice to talk to you. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, a great, uh, it's a great feeling to be going to a really strong footy club. So you're getting prepared after, a, obviously, an interrupted year, um, a COVID year at Glenelg, where you guys were able to play a lot more footy than a lot of other people were able to. But you're, you're sitting around uh, just getting set, to maybe putting a few magnets in different places on boards and looking at your, your list and all kinds of things. And then uh, the phone rings and Chris Fagan's on the other line. How did that chat go? Uh, well, it was unexpected. <clears throat> and, yeah, we are well and truly into the the off-season phase of trying to build on our list and 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 re-sign most of our current players. And, yeah, Chris rang uh, out of the blue, really. <clears throat> and um, we'd spoken before um, in 2019, but not about me joining them or connecting in any way like that. It was just more about a footy chat, really, and it was just really good to chew, chew the fat and pick his brain a little bit on footy. And But he rang uh, this year, and it was a different scenario, and... Um, one that sort of excited me for, straight away about uh, the possibility of joining on on the, on the back of David Noble getting the job at North Melbourne and those other pieces falling into place. Um, and really, it was uh, something that was pretty easy to make a decision about with the opportunity to work with Chris um, being you know too good to refuse. So it would have actually did it. Did it come as a, a bit of a, of a surprise, given that you hadn't really officially or formally thrown your your hat in the ring? Uh, well, yeah, it did. I mean, I, I didn't expect the phone call, and I've I've had a couple of interviews recently, and I've told the story. We were in Noosa on a holiday with my family, and my son was playing some sort of video game on my phone, and just tossed it back to me and said, "Chris is on the phone with a bit of disappointment because it interrupted his game." And, <laughs> I didn't know who he was talking about. <laughs> I picked it up and it was Chris Fagan. And from there, he, he drove up to Noosa from Brisbane and sat down with me and had a coffee and we spent three hours just talking football. And I thought, gee, what a, what a great effort. There must mm. be some real um, 
this this must have some some seriousness to it. And um, yeah, as things sort of progressed, uh, you know, as I said, those pieces fell into place and it became real. And um, it wasn't a, a very difficult decision, to be honest, um, with respect to Glenelg. But it wasn't a difficult decision to to take the opportunity to work closely with him and um, and the young up and coming. Uh, enthusiastic group that they've got up there at Brisbane. And so after three hours with Faze, and he's a wonderful man, and he's a very easy person to spend that amount of time with. What was your what was your overriding takeaway from that three hour chat? Um, probably that he's a real people's person. Mm. <clears throat> he's no doubt got incredible knowledge of the game and a great feel for the game and the trends and the way it's played currently in the modern time, but. He's also got so much experience from his from his time at Hawthorne and Melbourne. We talked a lot about the influences he's had um, with Alistair Clarkson and Neil Dano. He's talked a lot about Neil um, and just other things, you know, just talking football. And but what I walked away with probably most predominantly was that he he cares about people um, and he understands that performance is on the back of people being in a really good mind space. Um, and that's his driving force. And he needs someone to do a lot of the footy stuff with him so that he can concentrate on the relationships. And, you know, I, I think uh, on the back of that, I thought, gee, I'd, I'd love to be working uh, in that environment with him and, and the rest of the coaching team at, at Brisbane. What excites you most about the role? Now that you've had time for the decision to sink in and for the, for the choice to be really clear and uh, to know what's ahead of you, what are you most excited about? I think I, I really enjoy the strategic part of the game. Um, but what what really excites me, I think, is the challenge that lays ahead with not only the role, but with the team and where they're going. And in recent chats I've had with Chris, and I've spoken to him most days, is he wants me to challenge him. Um, and they've had a really stable group um, of coaches and administrators with, with um, David and Danny now going into new roles. But um, it's time for little change and, and they want incremental change. They don't need to tip, you know, they don't need to tip the toy box upside down. They just need subtle change and some challenge in different areas. And um, that's that's what's exciting about it. And I think that's what I'm most looking forward to is is hopefully bringing some some small adjustments here and there maybe and, and, and challenging what they've done um, over the past four years and hoping getting some growth and, um, and some continual inc- incremental improvement. You're regarded as being a stoppage guru, Mark Stone. Um, you're well lauded for your work with that uh, incredible midfield of the 2006 West Coast Premiership side. Um, I know that it'll encompass more than, than just the midfield. Um, is it a, is a fair assessment of, of your work, uh, stoppage guru? No, I think that's overstated, Sam, to be honest. Um, I'm a realist and I, you need to give credit where credit's due. The, mm. the coach at, at that period was Peter Sumich. Um, and he did a great job with that midfield, and I assisted him. And then you just look at the the calibre of talent that we had there with, you know, Chris Judd and Ben Cousins and Daniel Kerr, and I'll probably leave one out here. Um, but Andrew Embley and Michael Braun and Chad Fletcher and those guys were a, a really tight-knit group. Um, let me throw Adam Selwood in there as well. He was yes. terrific. But they, they were a fantastic group of players, and... <clears throat> um, Dare I say it, I see some similarities with the young Brisbane group. That In 2006, that, that group of players at West Coast were so driven um, and so hungry to, to achieve success off the back of their disappointment in 2005 that um, we didn't need to push them too hard at all. Um, they were sponges for information and, and just wanted to connect together and be, and be really close and strong and 
um, they were they were seriously determined to to turn things around. And uh, I'd like to think that that's what I'm walking into up in Brisbane. And from what I've gathered so far from conversations with some of their players and and particularly Lockie Neal, who I've known before, that that's the mindset of that group up there. And and that's really exciting for us. When it comes to strategy, a lot of talk at the moment about scoring and the the, the, de- the decrease in scoring uh, in the game and how do we get it back up. Fans want to see goals. We want to see uh, hangers. We want to see higher scores. Chris Fagan's openly spoken about the fact before that they play a more attacking brand of footy so they can put bums on seats because it's not a traditional AFL market. So when it comes to the evolution and strategy of the game, where are you um, most keen to play in? Where do you think the next big evolution in the game is going to be? Is it uh, offensively or defensively? Uh, and where are you keen to make most of your mark in, in, in either one of those areas? Oh, it's, a, it's a big question, isn't it? I'm, I'm a believer in the balance. I think, you know, scoring creates, it can often create momentum. And sometimes if you can, if if you can, can put, put two, two or three quick goals together, it, it can turn the game in your favour. And sometimes opposition can't recover from that. But equally... Um, great defensive teams with with really good, strong defensive systems. Ultimately, it's been shown over time that they win championships. So I think you need a balance. I think you need to get people in the gate. There's no doubt about that. Um, and you need to score. Um, but I, I think you do have to have a balance. And I think um, you have to defend at the right time and attack at the right time. And I know that's a bit of a vanilla statement, but um, I don't think you can really bias one way or the other too strongly. Um, I think you have to be really good at both. Um, I think you need to be good at stoppage as well because that gets your ground position. And So I think there's all aspects mm. of the game that are going to continue to evolve. Um, but I think that's what I, I think over time. The coaches at the, at the AFL level, um, I'm talking about senior coaches here or influential coaches, that's what they've been really good at, has been able to move the game the direction that it needs to go. And I uh, I joined the chorus a little bit on the on the rules. I think some rules have been great, the six six six, but I think we just don't have to tinker with it too much. I think um, uh, different um, phases go through the game. I think the coaches do a really good job of moving it in the direction it needs to go. Well, I'd love to pick your brain a little more. We're almost out of time. I suppose the better way for me to ask that question is where do you see more opportunity for development, um, given that we're We've seen the leaps and bounds in which defensive structures have come on since the game turned professional. Do you see that there's probably more opportunities to develop strategy in in, in the offensive part of the ground? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I think um, I, I think you can really build the offensive side of the game again. And I think back in my time at Fremantle, uh, we came up against um, the powerful Hawthorne teams in 12, 13, 14, 15, where they were really well known for their offence and they'd really mastered how to use the outnumber and move the ball in a fashion that was difficult to defend. Um, and then teams have sort of worked out how to, how to counter those and I think the next phase is, is working out how to, how to become really efficient and strong offensively again. And I think the coaches will be working on that now and I think Richmond have come up with a model that really works for them um, and is, again, really difficult to defend when, when they're surging at you in numbers and waves and... Um, I don't think it's a matter of copying that, but I think each team will have their own way of trying to build a, a better way of scoring. And um, I think that challenge sits with all the clubs, but um, I'm just looking forward to getting up there and seeing how Brisbane do things, um, learning from those guys initially, and then hopefully hopefully adding 
a little bit of flavour to it myself. Uh, well, it's an exciting time. Uh, they're a side on the up. Uh, of course, they won that uh, final they've been searching for for the last few years this year, uh, looking to go uh, one better or a couple better, you'd think, uh, after uh, two uh, consecutive second-place finishes. And, of course, uh, Big Joe Danaher heading up there. So you've got a lot of weapons at your disposal, Mark. I'm sure you'll be uh, licking the lips and rubbing the hands together. Good luck with the move. Congratulations on the appointment, and we can't wait to see what you bring to the Lions in 2021. Oh, thanks a lot, Sam. I really appreciate it, and it's uh, good to talk to you, mate. Cheers. Beautifully done. Mark Stone, the new strategy boss uh, at the Brisbane Lions, going to be working side-by-side side with Chris Fagan. He Phil, he takes the role that Danny Daly did with Aplomb for the last few seasons as he steps into the GM of footy role vacated by Dave Noble, who's now the head coach of North Melbourne. That all clear? Crystal. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.